good for Rusty for not hiding his dandruff shampoo. Yeah. You know, he just he has the scalp that he has. <laughs> he I does. feel like a lot of men don't want to admit their dandruff, but he he addressed the problem. Yeah, yeah. he's was, he's getting it at its root. Get out of here! <laughs> don't shift your way. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello, and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Hannah. I'm Sarah. And this is the world's only March Madness-style Brad Pitt-themed podcast, where we're pitting all of Brad Pitt's movies against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. This is not a spoiler-free podcast, so if you don't want to be spoiled for Too Young to Die? Question mark. And Ocean's 12, Get Egg, I would highly recommend you pause this podcast and check out those movies. I promise you, you can find Ocean's 12 at your closest used record slash DVD store. Too Young to Die? Not sure. But we found it in a, in a pack of eight action movies. So we're going to be joined by a special guest, Ann Peterson, today. Also, we got new mics for recording this part, and in the last part, we were using an old mic. I know I've said this before, but this is genuinely the last old recording that we have. Anyway, here's Anne. Uh, yeah, I'm Anne. I live with Hannah and Sarah, so I've been exposed to a lot of Brad over the past few weeks. Um, come to really appreciate Brad. It's like, I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> or if he's actually just really great. Um, I've been my, trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. yeah. I do freelance theater around Minneapolis, so I'm coming at more of like the theater angle than a film angle, but still greatly enjoy doing like, analysis. My phone now auto-suggests Bradness oh. after I type the word March. So that's really special. That's why I'm here today. Aww, yeah. Thanks, Anne. Yeah, this episode brought to you by the LGV20. <laughs> Google. 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 This is a household where if I say, okay, Google, three phones light up. It's like we have a Google home. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, let's get into uh, Ocean's 12. Let's talk some Osh. Talk some Osh. So we watched Ocean's 12, the sequel to Ocean's 11, and the prequel to Ocean's 13. It's right I in the middle. had no idea that 12 came between those two numbers. Well, now you do. That explains a lot. Yeah, it's it's because I'm an active listener. Unlike me, who once again was very baffled <laughs> by the Ocean's <laughs> movies. There's a lot going on. You, It's a, it's a blink and you'll miss it kind of a thing. It's and true. when you're a little old me, you know, <laughs> you look away funny. and then somebody... A different white man. A different white man is on screen doing something something sneaky and I'm like what I wrote down some plot details to help keep us on track nice but I got distracted so the only one I have is get egg <laughs> <laughs> Because that's their objective towards the end of the movie. That was an they essential gotta get the egg. plot they, point. They gotta get the egg. They had to get the egg. I guess we could do like a summary. So Ocean's 12. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Damn All right. 11 of them. We get Danny Ocean played by the Clunes. We get Rusty played by Brad. Our, our man. Our guy. Our and then boy. we get the rest of the dudes. And they have all gone off on their own ventures with their money that they stole from Benedict in the first movie. And they all get paid a visit by Benedict who's like give me back my money mm -hmm. 
-hmm. but with interest. A real sneaky visit. Real sneaky. You're like getting a manicure and then all of a sudden he's like right Touching there. your feet. Yeah. yeah. I would be threatened by that. That's a power move. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. my safe space you just infiltrated. Touching feet should uh, be a consensual activity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so Benedict finds all of the original Eleven and threatens them and they know that it's serious because he could have easily just had them killed. He's a very, very powerful man. And so they devise a scheme to get back the money, which is getting paid to do other thieving jobs in Europe, where they don't have the same notoriety. Mm -hmm. They're not on Europe's most wanted, just America's. Mm -hmm. Just America. Which leads me to ask the question, why were they all just sort of living their lives in America? If clearly they were like, probably definitely wanted by the police. That's not really something the movie's interested in exploring. <laughs> it's the numbers is the issue. You yeah, know? you get one are. out of eleven and you're like fine, but you get all eleven together and okay. you're gonna get got. So they get to Europe. They try to steal the first printed stock certificate ever issued, which I assume is worth more than the face value of the stock. They said it was worth like two million it's euro or something one. like that. The first stock. Um, but they get there and it's already been stolen, and in its place a figure, which this famous European thief leaves everywhere. They steal something from him to get his attention, and then the clones and the night fox, they meet up and they're like, who's the better thief? And so they both conspire, they're going to race each other to steal this Fabergé egg. And if they do, the night fox will pay off their debt to Benedict. So worth noting that the night fox is the one who tipped Benedict off as to where to find him and stuff. He's very jealous yeah. of, of people being good at the same thing as him. That boy has an ego he, he needs to address. quite the ego. He's also French. We oui. Well, there you go. <laughs> you can't help it. So Absolutely. it sets the stage for a lively heist. It does. I think it's important to mention that this movie opens with Brad Pitt in Rome. Mm -hmm. He's coming home covered in rain to <laughs> what Brad? <laughs> A pretty lady sleeping in bed and she's like, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh yes, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Brad comes in, Catherine Zeta-Jones is in bed. She's like, oh, we found some really good clues today for this crime that we're looking at. Brad's like, oh, tell me more. She's like, yeah, we found a perfect boot print and the left heel is really worn down. And Brad's like, uh. And then he hides his shoes behind the chair. And then she's like, yeah, and we found a bunch of hairs with like dandruff and stuff. And Brad Pitt's like sitting on the toilet and he looks really like, oh, he is uncomfy. He looks at his dandruff shampoo on the counter. Yeah, yeah. he's like, uh. uh. So then Brad turns on the shower. It's raining again, I must reiterate, it's yeah. raining. Turns on the shower and she's like, aren't you gonna come to bed? And he's like, oh, I don't wanna wake you up. And then he just jumps out the window. Freeze frame. Freeze frame title role. Ocean's Eleven was very Clooney-centric. Part of the reason for the heist is personal, it's because of his relationship with Tess. This is Brad-centric, and it's about his relationship with Isabel. Rusty. Is his character really Rusty? Yes. Yeah. Rusty. <laughs> motivates a lot more of the plot in this movie than in Ocean's Eleven. It's a more Brad-centric movie. Definitely. That's a really good point. Yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of emotional stake in it and he's like, oh, we should go to Amsterdam. And yeah. then they're like, why? And he's like, don't tell Ocean. His, don't tell Danny. His, yeah. His girlfriend is there. Yeah. <laughs> he does it for love. 
Whereas as Danny was in in Eleven was very upfront with them about his personal investment in, in like, the heist. I'm going here to bone. Yeah, and I'm to, going to bone zone. <laughs> humiliate my ex-wife's new boyfriend. But uh, Rusty engages in a little deception. Definitely. That's a really interesting point about the focus swap. And mm -hmm. it makes me wonder, I haven't seen Ocean's 13, it makes me wonder, are they going to shift the focus then onto a third? If this pattern stays consistent, I would bet that they focus on Matt Damon. I love the Ocean's movies. They are so fun. It's honestly just good, clean fun. I joked about this earlier. They solve problems with the power of friendship. Friendship and high-level networking, but mainly friendship. What is high-level networking if not just making friends? Yeah. It's true. That'll change the whole networking game for yeah. you right there. Every business associate is just a friend you haven't met yet. <laughs> Why don't oh. they teach that at business school? Because then you can't scam them. Yeah, you can't be cutthroat if you're if making you're friends. friends. Anyway. <laughs> Brad was dressed really well in this movie. He was in a lot of like really nice like silk jewel tones, like lots of silver and stuff. Iridescent beetles. Really, really tightly cinched waist. Yeah. Yes. Brad Pitt has a tiny, tiny waist. Yeah. No hog body on this one. He has an elegant figure. Yeah. Yes. He wore a lot of trench coats. It really made me appreciate why he was such a heartthrob in the early to mid-2000s. Yeah. yeah. Because that fashion was very, like, of the day, and he looked really good in it. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else, even in that cast, could pull it off in the same way. Yeah. I don't think clunes would look as convincing. Oh yeah. It is interesting that we see Brad wearing kind of feminine clothes and we saw we can't talk about Fight Club yet unfortunately but we will see this again in the future. Mm -hmm. Mesh Brad. Mesh Brad. Oh, that hustler shirt I want it so bad. <laughs> um, you know we're seeing a lot of like long iridescent trench coats and like kind of feminine clothes. Yeah. Like he's making mm -hmm. him look really masculine. Yeah. Maybe it's the buzz cut. That's another iconic Brad look. Mm -hmm. Along with his longer hair. Yeah. I can't believe Brad is the only man that can do long hair and no hair. <laughs> he's crazy. a miracle. It's true. This is a very charming Brad. I really feel like the Ocean's Brads that we've seen so far have like narrowed in on that like charming, confident, funny, Role yeah. that he plays so well. And especially in the Oceans movies, the, the savoir faire, what, like just any situation that he gets into, he knows how to handle it. He's yeah. very confident. Although we did get to see him in 12 as opposed to 11, we got to see him be flustered. Yeah. Because of Captain Zeta Jones' character, like closing in on him. Mm -hmm. That was a nice twist. Mm -hmm. um, I think he showed more range here than he did in 11. Definitely. Just because I... there is more for him to do. Mm -hmm. I like this version of Rusty better than the first one. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see how Ocean's 13 Rusty stacks up. Me too. He yeah. did, he felt more developed and I guess, I guess it is because he had more screen time, but yeah. you know, he'd had a few years. I feel like too, you know, it's really easy to boil down Ocean's 11 Brad to snack Brad. Yeah. He, he snacks a lot. He still snacks in this one, which is really funny. He has a really good line where he's like, they're having a meeting in the hotel room and someone's like off screen and you can hear Brad Pitt say like, don't touch my snacks. What about going through the roof? No. Two more cameras. Pressure sensor. Please don't touch And there's a, a laser net over the trap door leading down. Smoke the freak out. Smoke yeah. yeah. the yeah. freak out. Hey! This movie does a really good job of accurately conveying how a larger group of people interact with one another without mm -hmm. it being like just everyone's overlapping dialogue all the time or without us losing anything important. You can pick things out that are happening in the background. You can kind of choose what to pay attention to in those group scenes. And like I think that's one thing that makes the Oceans movies so fun is that they're an ensemble movie, 
But what also makes this a good Brad is that he's very comfortable fitting into the ensemble, but he also stands out. Yes. And he also carries the plot forward. Absolutely. I think that's a huge strength of Brad. He never steals the show. He feels like a leading man, but he's letting everybody else have their part. I think it's the confidence. Just a natural confidence that we see at this right. point in his he's, career. He's got a charisma. Well, I think when with that confidence, he's able to take a really small line and mm -hmm. deliver it. Mm -hmm. Make it really funny. Like you said, in the group shot, there was like a another few lines he had in the background. I can't remember what it was. He was just he's opening a window. Yeah, just repeating something somebody <laughs> yeah. else said. It's funny. You can barely hear it, but it's really funny. Mm -hmm. I wrote down that this movie is like a weird exercise in naturalism. Hmm. A lot more so than the other movie. There was a lot of weird naturalistic dialogue and yeah. that mm -hmm. was interesting. Yeah, just little snapshots of how a group of people interact mm -hmm. together. Brad did a lot of good body acting in this. There were a lot of scenes where he was just kind of face palming while other people were talking. Yeah, especially when Matt Damon was uh. talking. Which, yeah. like, that's a good reaction to have to Matt Damon. No shade, no tea, Matt. <laughs> Poor Matt. But we really rag on him in this podcast. <laughs> we do. What's wrong with Matt? He's he's fine. He's, he's the poor man's Brad. He's, he's trying. His he's best. Brad in training. Yeah, he's Wonderbread Brad. Off-brand Brad. I'm trying to read one of my notes. I honestly, okay, great report with Daddy Clunes. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the report? Great, great rapport! Great rapport with Daddy Clunes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Brad and, and Daddy Clunes. Someone called him Danny, Danny Ocean, and I misheard it as Daddy, which, like, that's a... That's a whole nother thing. But like, is it incorrect? Is that wrong? Also, like my, my theory that Brad Pitt and George Clooney have at some point in their lives drunkenly made out, I firmly believe that. Full disclosure, on the original Oceans recording, Hannah and I had, I'm gonna say, a solid 15 minute discussion about whether or not they'd hooked up. But I mean, that's, you know, half joking, but it's born out of their natural rapport, great chemistry, mm -hmm. they bounce off each other really well. And I think they knew in this movie because they gave them that scene. It was a chick flick scene. They were sitting there on the couch watching a movie. Oh, Brad yeah. was eating popcorn. Yeah. They had like wine. Yeah. yeah. A glass of wine in a bathrobe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was like completely intentional. That was adorable. There's also a part where Brad talked about a doctor for rare skin diseases. <laughs> Brad's fake identity that he said to somebody. They were like, what do you do? And he's like, I'm a doctor who specializes in rare skin diseases, which is shout out to Dark Side of the Sun. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, are we the only people who get that reference? I think so. Absolutely. If, so they, if they let him ad lib that line, then totally that has yeah. to be a reference. Well, I mean, if he wanted to throw out another reference to Dark Side of the Sun, he could have just said, oh, I'm a gimp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, find me on Craigslist, I'll come to your home. <laughs> but then I'll leave you in a shack. <laughs> this is a very strong Brad. Yeah. I, like, hesitate to say this because I feel like it makes my personal biases clear, but when I think of Bradness, when I think of Brad Pitt, I definitely think of Ocean's Brad. You, you think of the iconic movies, Fight Club, Burn After Reading, Inglorious Bastards, those are, like, tentpole brads, but Oceans is definitely in there. Yeah. And it helps that there are three of them. Th there's three of them. Triple. So, triple like, brad. you don't necessarily think of one of the movies in particular, right. but you think of the character, and then just, like, the general atmosphere of these movies, yeah. the general tone, which is very cool, very suave. 
Everybody loves a good heist movie. Heist the Ocean's fun. movies make me want to steal, and I hate the concept of stealing. I, I know, and <laughs> I think part of it is just like the, the Night Fox. Um, they show him like hooking up with all kinds of ladies, and it's like, yeah, I mean... He's living the dream. In terms of sexiest career titles, art thief... I think that's it. Yeah, I, I think can't. that's it. Yeah, I can't think of a better one. What else can you think of? Like, uh, there isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Art thief. Art Jewel thief. thief. Maybe. Jewel thief. Also good. Thief is stealing thief is... is sexy. <laughs> but <laughs> you're only... calling it. Yeah, you're I'm calling, calling it. it. Stealing is sexy, but only when it takes place on an Italian lake shore. Stealing in Europe, right? But like the bougie part of Europe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like... like you're a classist about this stealing. Yep, yep. Stealing's only sexy when you're already rich. <laughs> <laughs> Start a fight club, Brad reputation. Okay, Google. What's happening with Brad Pitt right now? Here's what I found. Ooh, inside Brad Pitt's life after splitting from Angelina Jolie. Oh, let's get in his head. Oh, let's, this is from March. Let's crawl right in there. What's with OK Google? Hey, I have a suggestion, Google. Um, when I OK Google something and you give me news articles, I want them to be fresh and tasty. I want them to be right off the shelf. I don't want things I've seen or read before. Much like my Spotify Discover Weekly playlist, would you find? I can only keep the the people at bay for so long. They're starting to get antsy. Again. Oh, Brad Pitt's heart melted when he saw George Clooney with his twins. He's never looked happier. Oh, see there, look at his smile. This is an okay. Old... I'm gonna describe this picture to you. Ready? Brad Pitt is gazing lovingly into the eyes of George Clooney. They look like they're about to make out. <laughs> George has his little crow's feet. Brad's like got his longer hair. They're both in suits. George is looking like. Okay, I'm going to say something. I'm sorry about this. He's looking like a silver fox. Sarah! That's what the kids are saying these days, right? Yeah, I think. Okay, so this says, this is from Hollywood Life by Bonnie Fuller. Brad Pitt's heart melted when he saw George Clooney holding the twins. He's never known his friend to look so complete and content. Aww. Sarah's coloring your hair with a marker. I'm giving myself highlights. (laughs) Brad always told George that he would be a dad one day. And that he would eventually meet the right person and give in eventually. But George was adamant. It just wasn't in the cards. Aww. But now he has a kid. Well, uh, I'm glad that he and Clooney are friends. Me too. Little friendos. Me too. It's really nice. They really looked like they were about to make out. <laughs> just like in Ocean's 12. Just like in Ocean's 12. I think that it's important that Brad has friends. I think so. And I think that he seems like the kind of person whose friends are like... Brad Pitt seems like a ride or die. And I think Brad's the kind of friend where like you don't talk for years and years and then you call him up. Yeah. And you're like, I need you. And he's like, I'm on a plane. Absolutely. And I think he's going to be like that with his kids. I think he's going to be like that with George's kids. Definitely. You know? Do you think he's their godfather? I'm going to cry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm glad that Brad and Clooney are friends. I'm glad that they play pranks on each other. I'm glad that they are in each other's lives. Um, they play pranks on each other? Yeah, on set and stuff, they'd always talk about how Brad and, and the Clunes would play plank- pranks with each other like, on what set. what kind of pranks? Um, did he put a little something, like a monster under the toilet? My dad did that. That sounds scary. Did he put, uh, did he do a whoopee cushion? Did he do... Oh, uh, he improved Brad Pitt's... Here you go. 
During the making of Ocean's 12, Brad Pitt sent out a memo to the Italian crew suggesting that Clooney insisted on being referred to by his character name, Danny Ocean, and that no one should make eye contact with him. <laughs> As a way of revenge, Clooney started putting bumper stickers on Pitt's car. I'm gay and I vote, said the first one. The second one said, small penis on board. Ah, uh, George. That one's funny. That one's good. I don't like that he did a homophobic joke, Yeah, though. George, don't do that. George, that's not cool, man. Well, I feel like George Clooney's homophobic bumper sticker is, like, not on par with, but in lieu of the next film we're going to talk about in terms of being horrible. You think that George Clooney having a homophobic bumper sticker... No, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's just also... It's pretty bad. It's nasty. That's pretty bad. It's pretty fucking bad. You're Homophobia right. Homophobia is bad. You're right. It is almost as bad as force-injecting drugs to a minor. <laughs> In terms of, like, societal damage, like, long-term damage... Long-term damage. The drug and alcoholism rate in the LGBT plus community is just through the roof. Through the fucking roof. You know why? Because of people like George Clooney. <laughs> I don't, I don't, oh. I don't, I feel like he meant it in a lighthearted way. I don't know. George As, Clooney has proclivities, <laughs> as we say in the biz. I'm not too offended personally as a gay. It's like whatever. But as a woman. But as a woman? <laughs> anyway, on to, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Do oh, no, it's just did, funny. Did he have a bumper sticker that said, I hate ladies? Small penis on board. I hate women. <laughs> now that's a good bumper sticker. <laughs> Give me one of those. Okay, well, let's talk about what? You don't hate women or have a penis. No, but it's like a prank to prank people. Oh, okay. I want, okay. I, I want a stack of them to slap Slap on. on like Audis and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah. understand. Thank you. So too young to die. So we watched the prequel to California. Whoever directed California saw this movie on TV and was like, oh, I want to make a movie just like that, where a fragile young woman gets brutalized and Brad Pitt plays an absolute scumbag. And Juliette Lewis is that young woman. Yeah. I want these two characters, and I want these two actors, and I want them in my movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As, like, the same thing. Same, same deal. Let's just, like, turn it up to 11. Yeah, so the movie starts out with our protagonist, Mandy, and she's already in jail. And as we see scenes from her past, we also go through the process of her trial, her being tried as an adult, and then her getting sentenced to death. She's horrifically abused by her stepfather. Mm-hmm. Her mom abandons her. Mm-hmm. She gets married at age 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, her husband abandons her. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into Brad. God damn it, Brad. Brad playing Billy. <laughs> Another bad Brad name. My only note, I think, about him is this. Is he's got cool boots. He did have cool he boots. He has little, cool boots. Little studs on the boots. Yeah, that's, how, punk. You, that's how you know he's cool. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's, except not he's not an cool. awful human being. The worst. He, like, buys her a hamburger. He's like, well, to pay me back, here you go, to the strip club where you're gonna dance. Well, eat up. Gotta eat right to stay pretty. You are a pretty looking woman. Danced disco before, didn't you? Mm. Yeah. Good. Let's go. 
She's mm -hmm. a, a literal tiny child. And she gets nervous and he's like, here, this will make you feel better. And he gives her ecstasy. I had a running list of things Brad has done in this movie and they range from speeding, uh, resisting arrest, stole gas, tricked someone into buying him beer, to the other end of the spectrum, forced a minor to do heroin, forced himself on a minor, threatened to murder a minor, pimped out a minor, kidnapped two people, physically abused a minor, sexually abused a minor, gave alcohol to a minor, sex trafficked a minor, um, it's not great. Don't watch this movie. It's not a nope. good list. It also came in a pack of eight action films, and the only action is the murder at the end, which is just sad and deeply upsetting. This was like maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It's not like fun bad. It's just brutal. It's yeah, awful. No, it's as a connoisseur of Lifetime original movies, which you can watch on mylifetime.com, and mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. You can also watch Project Runway. Nice. Dance moms, etc. If you're yep. into children being abused. Oh, yes. oh, speaking of, I'm sorry. Too young I have to my dance. dance. <laughs> too young to dance. No. So Lifetime follows a lot of similar tropes of like super exaggerated abused peoples, and there's a certain element of camp to it. There's a certain level of absurdity, and there's a certain amount of like artificially inflated stakes. And the same kind of moralizing. Yeah, intensity and moralizing that this one does. But it's but different. It felt it felt really exploitative. Um, but the Brad in this movie, I suppose we should talk about Brad. Um, he looked really awful. He yep. had like these red circles under his eyes the whole time. Because he was a junkie. He was very, very breaking Brad. <laughs> he looked like like a breaking bad extra. He looked like mm -hmm. he had some Jesse Pinkman to him if Jesse Pinkman wasn't a precious angel. That's not true. He sells meth and murders a man. <laughs> <laughs> a Breaking Bad extra that got a little confused and wandered into the makeup tent for The Walking Dead. Yeah. And they got like, they got a little far in the process. They're like, oh, no, man, you're supposed to be on the other lot. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. So he's like 20% zombie. Yeah, yeah. Like he just looks real nasty. So I'm basically sure you're just saying he was on meth. Yeah, he was on some drugs. One thing that I found really intriguing is how did Brad make the transition from being typecast as creepy, lecherous characters to a suave charmer? That's something I'm interested in too. I feel like Thelma and Louise Brad is kind of a missing link between these pieces. Hmm. Thelma and Louise came out the same year as California and he's in a similar, like, he's bad, objectively. He really fucks over Thelma and Louise, but he's really charming. He's huh. like not creepy. I was thinking charm is kind of a buzzword with Brad and in Too Young to Die, we the audience do not find him charming in the slightest, but the vulnerable young girl that he targets is charmed by him. Mm -hmm. It's like a weaponized charm. There's still an ease with which he entraps her. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point because he does, I guess it's impossible for us to see it through that lens because you're so... Because you're like, I'm throwing up right now. Yeah. yeah she's a child. I'm she's a child. process of throwing up. She's a child. But yeah, I guess he does portray an abuser well in that sense where he keeps slipping back and forth. I mean, I think Brad Pitt does a good job in this role it's hard to separate how grossed out you are by this movie 
to objectively analyzing Brad Pitt's right. performance, he does a good job. His accent is a little inconsistent and the character is kind of one note, mm -hmm. but I think that's the fault of the writing. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't have the opportunity to display any sort of character arc or growth. He doesn't really show a lot of range. Yeah, I think that's something that's really important in separating this from California, which is like objectively the same character and really only came out a couple years afterwards. There's an evolution to his character in California where he starts out as just the hillbilly dude and then he like amps it up and up and up and up and up, which is really interesting and gives the performance a certain amount of versatility and like something, I guess like even just engaging, whereas yeah. this is just like, this is a bad person. Here's a sleaze bucket. Yeah, yep. here's... Which, you know, he does. He plays a decent sleaze bucket, but it was, like you said, Anne, a very one note. I guess one thing that you could say for this Brad is that obviously he does the charming stuff so well, but I do feel that that comes pretty naturally to him. Yeah. Whereas this was like a more acted part. I actually just finished working on a play that had similar plot points to Too Young to Die. Also similar structure where there's a lot of different scenes and a bad thing happens in every scene and it ends in death. But the actor who is playing the abusive man is an extremely nice, respectful man in real life. And so seeing him act as an abuser, it was just the switch. You knew where the boundaries were. He was never gonna make anyone uncomfortable. It was a very safe portrayal for the other actors. And I think I felt a little bit of that with this Brad. I, I didn't feel like it was something that he particularly relished. He didn't Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. this, this character. There's there was a distance that I felt. I think I think that's very true. I felt that in California too. There's a step back and- It's acting, it's very consciously acting. Yeah. He did a lot of physical work. Billy had a particular gait. He had a particular way that he talked. And those those are great ways to get a sense of a character without having to try to get into the head of an abuser yeah. and justify and motivate their actions. Yeah. You don't have to do that. No. For sure. You're bringing some good stuff to the table. Yeah. Get the theater, get the theater angle. Yeah, I'm a theater major <laughs> and an English major. Very smooth. Okay, well, I think we said it. I think it's time to compare these two bad boys. <sighs> these two bad brads. You know, both of these brads are, are, are sinners. They're both breaking the law. Oh, shit. Law, law ruiners. But but uh, I think we can all agree that one of these Brads is breaking way more laws than the other one. Yeah. In a way morally worse way. You know, I, I'm not, like, judging you too hard if you, like, steal eggs <laughs> from rich people. It's like to I'm get your, your, your lovely lovers back in connection with her father. Yeah. yeah. I judge you even less if you're stealing actual chicken eggs to feed your family. <laughs> True. Uh, that's the plot of Ocean's 13. <laughs> He really <laughs> spends all that money and just goes into the yeah. house. 2008 financial crisis, Brad. Uh, I feel like the Oceans movies maybe should have been seated higher because mm. it's like really no competition in my I mind agree, at all. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And it's not just because of subject matter. Yeah. It's no. genuinely the performance. Yeah. Obviously, these are two very different movies in terms of genre and mm -hmm. just like era, but I really feel like there's no match for the suave collectedness 
of Ocean's 12, Brad. Like, especially in comparison to, like, Billy. Yeah, <laughs> Billy. Fucking Billy. You know, we can compare these Brads along a couple lines. One of them is consistency, and another one is range. Mm-hmm. But one thing that Brad does in both movies, we talked about physical acting as Billy, he does a lot of physical acting as Rusty. Yeah, sure. In the background. You know, he's not stealing scenes, but he's always engaged in what's going on. You you talked about how, like, he face palms whenever Matt Damon talks. There's just a lot of physicality to Rusty as a character. You know, he has kind of a walk, but it's a lot more subtle in Ocean's 12. Whereas, what's going on with the other Brad? Uh... takes a swing at a lady yeah forces a pill into a 14 year old girl's mouth yeah (laughs) i mean those are physical actions but it's not like yeah no for sure i feel like this is a very i'm just gonna call it here oceans 12 is absolutely moving forward follow that egg get egg get egg (laughs) get Egg. egg. It's a Fabergé egg. We should clarify. I don't know if we've said that yet. <laughs> I don't think we, we have. Just um, egg. What, what is the value of this egg? Why is it important? <laughs> Fabergé eggs are laid by very fancy birds <laughs> and painted. That's my analysis. Big, That's a good analysis. Big chicken. But yeah, Brad. Brad shows a lot more range in Ocean's Twelve. Too young to die. Very one note. But it's a bad note. When you're, like, learning to play, like, the bassoon or something, and every note is just... I've never touched a bassoon. I don't even... Isn't that, like, one of those big clarinets with, like, a stick poking out of it that you play? I think it's an oboe. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, Google. (laughs) What does a bassoon look like? Yeah, I was right. That's what I was picturing. Big boy. Um, Yeah, I think that about wraps it up for today's episode of March Progress. Ocean's 12 crushes too young to die. Um, Thanks again for listening, for tuning in. If you like us, let us know. Let your friends know, too. We really, really appreciate that word of mouth. If you're friends with Brad Pitt, find an organic yet compelling <laughs> moment to bring up this podcast. Have confidence in the pitch. Uh, website is marchbradness.net. Twitter, marchbradness. Facebook, marchbradness. Instagram, march.bradness. Combo breaker. Like, support, subscribe. If you haven't given us a rating and a comment yet, don't be shy. Mosey on in there. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. If it's bad, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I'm very sensitive. If, if you if your favorite movie is Too Young to Die and you disagree with us, get out of here. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to know. Get, go on. Scrumble. Go back to hell. <laughs> Crumble away. Off into the bushes with you. <laughs> tune in next Wednesday for a movie Brad Pitt should have been in. And tune in the week after that for our next official pitting. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button aka Benji Butt, (laughs) versus The Favor. Earlier in this episode, I told you guys about one of my favorite TV channels, Lifetime. Anna and I have really forged a strong bond through the magic of Lifetime original movies. When we were in high school, we, we watched a bunch of them. Yeah, they're really, really enjoyable. And I recommend you watch them from the bottom of my heart. Lifetime, if you want people to watch your stuff, there you go. Just send a bunch of them your way.